All right, it's the Keep to the City Yankees podcast, and the Yankees win. They beat the Angels 9-1 to on Tuesday night at the stadium, coming off the off day, coming off the four-game series in Tampa, starting this homestand with a big-time win against the Angels, who haven't been playing well. That's now their sixth straight loss. Uh, they pissed away their lead in the AL West. That was pretty significant at one point. Uh, just been a bad stretch of baseball for the Angels, who look nothing like a playoff team at the moment, but... Certainly, there's a lot of season left for them to come back and gain ground in the Astros or play for one of the three wildcard berths. Uh, but for the Yankees, um, this is the first podcast since the end of last week. So haven't talked since they went to Tampa. Haven't talked since they went 2-2 two and two in the Ra- against the Rays in that four-game series. And like I said last week, the goal was to win two games in Tampa. That was the goal. Go down there, win two games, take four head-to-head games off the schedule, take four chances off the schedule for the race to make up ground, and make sure you leave Tampa with at least the AL East lead that you had when you went there, and that's what the Yankees did. Now, it's one thing to be set a goal and, and meet that goal. It's another thing to um, you know have a goal and, and make the goal better. And that's what the Yankees had a chance to do. They had a chance to go there. They win the first two games. They have a chance to win the third game on Saturday. They had a chance to win the fourth game on Sunday. They blew leads in both those games. Um, The offense was just non-existent. They scored three runs over those last two games. They scored five runs over the last three games in the series. So, But that's kind of what you're going to expect from this Yankees team. And when you take away a lot of the regulars and you're stuck playing you know, batting Glaber Torres cleanup, having Hicks at the top of the order, not playing Donaldson, not playing LeMahieu, not playing Stanton. Kiner for left is up to like sixth in the lineup. You've got Marwin Gonzalez in there. You signed Matt Carpenter. You've got him in the lineup. You can't expect a lot of runs. And they didn't. And, and you, you, outside of the series opener where they scored seven off some, you know, just poor play by the Rays, um, that was it. They just didn't score the rest of the series. And it just left a bad taste in my mouth. And I know, I know I said go down there and win two and I'd be happy. But when you win the first two and you have a chance and leads in the second two and you leave there on a two-game losing streak and you let the Rays get right back in it, uh, it just sucks because that, that could have been an eight-game lead. It could have been. It was, it was very close to being an eight-game lead. If Garrett Cole doesn't have a mental breakdown after uh, not getting that called third strike and, and then walking Wander Franco on four pitches and just melting down there. And on Sunday, Boone, I don't know what he's doing, going to Marinaccio there in that spot. The guy's the last guy in the bullpen. He's, he wasn't good enough to be on the team before Green got hurt and Chapman and Loisley got hurt. Now all of a sudden he has one uh, you know good appearance last week and, and all of a sudden he's fucking pitching in, in a one-run game on the road in Tampa. Just made no sense there, and it backfired, and the Yankees lost because of it. Um, so th- that's a problem that you're going to see frequently here: is that when the Yankees don't score runs and they don't blow games open, or at least make them, you know, four and five run games, then Aaron Boone gets involved. And when and when Aaron Boone has to get involved, very rarely is anything ever going to go right. He has simply no clue what he's doing in close tight games. He has no clue how to manage a bullpen. He has no clue what he's doing in the late innings. It's it's a fucking shit show is what it is when he has to be involved. The Yankees didn't get to this place where they are in the standings because of you know great managerial decisions. They got there because the starting pitching has never had a bad game all season. And when the starting pitching has been you know just good and not unbelievable, the offense has been there. 
Boone has had to make very few decisions this season that have great impacts on the game. And, and when he has, it's been in Yankees losses. You look at the times Chapman blew the games. You look at the close games last week in the doubleheader against the White Sox. You look at this Rays series. There's so many times Aaron Boone just has to make a choice and makes the wrong choice. There's been no evolution for him as a manager than now in his fifth season. There's nothing to show that when the Yankees are playing in October, he'll change the way he manages. People always say that, oh, he can't manage uh, like it's the postseason all season and guys will get burnt out. That's fine, but it's not like he changes who he is come October. We've seen him now in four Octobers manage exactly how he did in the regular season, and each time the Yankees were eliminated at some point. So nothing's going to change there. Nothing's going to change. So the Yankees leave Tampa going 2-2. Two and two, Fine. Be happy. It's, you know, I, I'm happy. It's just, I'd be a lot happier if they won the first two and then the next two, the Rays just kicked the shit out of them. And it was like, okay, they went there and got, took care of business. But no, they went there and they had an opportunity to really just ruin the Rays' chances in the division and, and they didn't do that. Then they get the off day on Monday, come back against the Angels on Tuesday at the stadium. Jordan Montgomery going against Noah Syndergaard and... Syndergaard's numbers have been good. You know, his ERA is good. The top-level metrics, as you'd say, look pretty good. But his strikeouts are down. He's not throwing as hard as he used to. He's pitching more to contact. Uh, and you could see it. And the Yankees saw it, and they took advantage of it right away, scoring four runs in the first inning. And Syndergaard didn't even make it out of the third inning. Uh, he ended up leaving with a 5 nothing deficit, and he was just awful. Awful. It's pretty fucking crazy that he was given $21 million on a one-year deal by the Angels for a guy who hasn't pitched in years. Basically, basing off what he did like four or five years ago, it's just outrageous. Just goes to show you, if you can be a starting pitcher, it's, it's a fucking great job. $21 million for this guy for one year, and he's just blah. I mean, he's not Noah Syndergaard you remember six and seven years ago on the Mets, just unhittable. Not even close to that guy. And if his velocity, this is what it is going to be moving forward, yeah, he'll have to sort of reinvent himself and try to get outs with making contact. But that's the only way he can get outs because no one was swinging and missing. I think he had one swing and miss by the time he left the game. He went two and a third. Uh, he threw 45 pitches in that two and a third to get seven outs. Uh, just he was bad. He was bad, and the Yankees took advantage, and it was good to see that because when you're going into a game and you've got LeMahieu, Judge, and Rizzo, and then after that you've got Torres cleaning up, Anduar at fifth, Matt Carpenter sixth, Kiner Falefa seventh, Trevino eighth, and then Joey Gallo ninth, you're not expecting much from the offense. And the the offense went out and scored nine runs, five against Syndergaard, four against Rosenberg, who Joe Madden sort of just left out there for 99 pitches over five innings. It's fucking... That was crazy, uh, but he was just going to wear that one. He let him face, you know, right-handed hitters. He let him go through the lineup a couple times. Um, you know, I get it. You don't want to blow his bullpen in the first game of the series, uh, and the Yankees take the first game of the series. And the Angels, you know, they're all right. You've got Otani scares you, Trout scares you, Ward, I guess, a little, Walsh at some times, uh, but that's it. They're not a very good team. They're not a very good team at all, and this is a team that if the Yankees ever got to the postseason as like the one seed, and the and the Angels get in as a wild card seed, and they're like six, I would, you know, and they can somehow win their series and then advance the ALDS against the Yankees. I would feel 
really, really good about the Yankees' chances. This is a team you want to see in the postseason because they have little to no starting pitching. Their bullpen's not any good, and their lineup is extremely top-heavy. Their lineup right now is kind of like what the Yankees' lineup is right now. But the Yankees' lineup is missing some serious key pieces in Stanton and Donaldson. The Angels, this is like just who they are. They're just not any good. Uh, and in this one, you know, the Yankees got the four in the first. They add another in the second, two in the sixth, two in the eighth on the Trevino home run. And the home runs in this game came from Matt Carpenter, a two-run home run, and Jose Trevino, a two-run home run. Matt Carpenter's been on the team for fucking five minutes. He already has more home runs than Aaron Hicks has all season, who was thankfully on the bench. They show him on the bench eating seeds or snacking, whatever he's doing. Good, stay on the fucking bench. And then Trevino with his third home run. So Carpenter's got two home runs. Trevino's got three. Hicks has one. The guy who said he was going to be a 30-30 guy. And Joey Gallo at the bottom of the order hitting ninth. Uh, you hear Aaron Boone talking he was asked about this over the weekend about Gallo hitting ninth this is a guy who who came over from the Yankees last year it it came to the Yankees in a trade at the deadline it was hitting in the top four every single night now he's batting ninth and Boone's trying to make it sound like hitting ninth is a good thing he's talking about how much if you cut Boone said to the to the media if you've covered me if you've covered me you know how much I value the nine spot what he Isaiah Kiner Falefa was the supposed to be the everyday nine hole hitter the guy he has no power, only hits for singles when he hits, has a 603 OPS. That's who he is kind of for his whole career. He's your nine hitter. Don't try to make it sound like hitting ninth is like hitting fucking first, second, third, or fourth in a lineup. It's not. You're putting Joey Gallo there to hide him to hopefully see if he can find it, what he's lost, if he'll ever find it as a Yankee. That's what you're doing. You're hiding him. You're hiding him and hoping no one will notice. But if you're batting and you're in the starting lineup for the New York Yankees, everyone's going to notice. There's no hiding anyone. And Gallo was two for three in the game. Good to see him do that. He picked up a double. He had two runs scored. He had a walk. It's a good performance from him last night. But let's not pretend that you're, like, doing him a favor by batting ninth. That's not who. That's not what you traded all these prospects for. That's not what you were getting when you thought, oh, we're getting a half a year of Gallo and then a full year. That You, you thought you were going to get a guy who you could bat ninth every night? Because if that's the case, then you royally fucked up that trade with Texas. So the Yankees continue to get offense from unlikely places. Like I said, Carpenter with the two-run home run. Trevino with the two-run home run. LeMahieu had a pair of RBIs. Judge, Rizzo, Torres all had RBIs. Um, Torres had that ball off the wall that he then got thrown out at third in the first inning because he was fucking jogging like it was gone and it wasn't just another Glaber Torres play he was thrown out stealing as well so two outs on the bases in the first couple innings for Glaber and Duar had a steal overall great performance from the offense you're getting the B level Yankees at best offensively and they put up a nine spot you can't ask for much more than that um on the mound Jordan Montgomery really strong performance seven innings one run on four hits a walk four K's uh the one run came on the solo home run um, Miguel Castro came in, put a couple guys on base, which is what he seems to always do, and none of them were via walk, which is shocking. Uh, and then McKay comes in for his second career appearance, uh, pitches the scoreless ninth around a hit and two walks, um, and the Yankees get a 9-1 win. And while the Yankees have been playing Tampa and now the Angels, the Blue Jays have been getting hot, if you haven't noticed. Uh, the Blue Jays have won six in a row. They just went and 
beat the crap out of the Angels um, on the road in Anaheim over the weekend. They've won six in a row. They're five back. So now they've flopped flip-flop places with the, the the Rays they're the Blue Jays are the closest to the Yankees at six back in the win column five back in the loss five and a half overall the Rays have lost two in a row to Texas who's been playing better they're 500 now they're not they're not awful now they're scoring runs they're just giving up a lot of runs plus 13 run differential though so they're playing right around where they should be uh but the Rays have lost twice to them and now the Rays are six back of the Yankees so Left town at four, left Tampa at four up. Now you're six up on the Rays, you're five up on the Blue Jays in the lost column. Boston just sucks. They've lost to Orioles a couple times. They now lost to the Reds. They're 12 back. They're fucking finished. Um, and then you got the Orioles who were never going to be in it ever, but they're 15 back. Um, so things have changed a little in the AL East. You know, Yankees are still in first. That hasn't changed, but the Blue Jays and the Rays switching places has. So Still keep an eye on the Blue Jays now if they're getting hot. Um, they are playing four games above their expected win-loss record at, at, at a zero-run differential. That's a 500 team, and they're eight games above 500. So they're out playing where they should be, which is something you don't want to see. You want to see them play to, to a 500 record because then the Yankees would have a nine-game lead on them and a nine-game lead on the Rays if they were to play to their expected win-loss record as well. The Yankees, are they just have they're in a shitty situation because – they have the best record in baseball, and they also have the fucking Blue Jays and Rays to deal with. If you, they were in the Central, they'd have a nine-game lead in the lost column. If they were in the West, they have an eight-game lead in the lost column. If they were in the NL East, jeez, they have a 12-game lead on the second-place team. And then NL Central, six-game. And then the NL West is really the only one that's that's tough as well. They have a four-game lead there where the Dodgers have now lost two in a row to the Pirates. It's embarrassing. I think they're one and four against Pittsburgh this season, but that's that's my wife's problem. That's the Dodgers' problem. Uh, so the Yankees, you know, start a new winning streak here. You went to Tampa, you got the two, you sort of righted the ship after what could have been a rocky week. You get this one against the Angels. Now you just got to win one of the next two to take this series as well. And it's Nestor Cortez on Wednesday night. Can't feel any better about any pitcher in the league right now than when Nestor Cortez takes them out. He has been the Yankees' best pitcher. He has been their ace this season. And I expect him to pitch well on Wednesday night because that's the expectation now that Nestor Cortez is set is that you need to or you can expect him to pitch well every time he takes the ball. Every fucking time he takes the ball, you can expect him to pitch well. This is not a fluke. This is not an anomaly anymore. This is last season and this season. And he's only gotten better this season because last season he would, you know, give you one run, no runs, but it'd be like four innings, four and two thirds, a run. Now it's seven innings, eight innings, one run, no runs, double digit strikeouts. The guy's fucking good. And it's crazy. I keep saying it's crazy where he was three years ago and to where he is now. It's just fucking remarkable. It's, it's, I've never seen anything like it. So Nestor Cortez against Reed Detmers on Wednesday night at the stadium, who threw a no-hitter earlier this season. Uh, he is a lefty, which plays in the Yankees' favor, but never like the Yankees against guys they've never seen before. I like to see them see guys they have bats against, they've had experience against. That first time through the lineup might be a little rocky on Wednesday night, but you figure they'll get enough across to, to win the game with Nestor Cortez on the mound. So that'll do it for today. Yankees-Angels again on Wednesday night at the stadium. Nasty Nestor's on the mound. I'll be back after the game to talk about it. Thanks for listening. Talk to you after the game.